Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the world of Percy Jackson. In this episode we're going to read chapter 40 to 41 and before we start on the recap I genuinely want to take this time to take to apologize for not being able to upload this entire week because unfortunately some family family emergencies had popped up and I wasn't able to record for last week and yeah it kept me pretty occupied with that so unfortunately I wasn't able to record because of that but I hope you guys are still able to forgive me for that and you guys will still be able to enjoy the podcast as it is and I will as compensation for um skipping out on last week's podcast I will be uploading every single day for three days in a row um just to make up for you know the lost episodes that you guys may have missed out on because of me not being able to record so now that we will move on to the recap uh in the previous episode we read chapters 38 and 39 and the trio planned to take finally landed in alaska and they decided they needed to go to hubbard glacier in order to meet thanatos and well the good thing is um hubbard glacier is actually near where uh hazel's old home used to be in alaska so she knew how to get exactly to hubbard glacier but you know percy wasn't that too uh wasn't that comfortable with airplanes so they actually decided they found a train that goes exactly from where they are to seward which is the town that hazel's hazel used to live in and on their way there um it's not it's not as you know it's it's not really a train journey if there aren't any monsters to fight right so um they encounter some griffins and with one capturing percy and landing it in its nest uh, they're able to fend off the griffins for now, and with the knowledge of Percy, uh, with Percy's memory slowly starting to come back, um, they're able to finally ward off or defeat the griffins for uh, once and for all. So now we need to see how exactly they're going to, you know, go about the rest of their journey towards uh, Hubbard Glacier. So now we're going to read chapter 40, Percy. They walked overland for about an hour, keeping the train tracks in sight, but staying in the cover of the trees as much as possible. Once they heard an helicopter flying in the direction of the train wreck, twice they heard the screech of griffins, but they sounded a long way off. As near as Percy could figure, it was about midnight when the sun finally set. It got cold in the woods. The stars were so thick, Percy was tempted to stop and gawk at them. Then the northern lights cranked up. They reminded Percy of his mom's gas stovetop back at home, when she had the flame on low, waves of ghostly blue flames rippling back and forth. That's amazing, Frank said. Bears, Hazel pointed out. Sure enough, a couple of brown bears were lumbering in the meadow a few hundred feet away, their coats gleaming in the starlight. They won't bother us, Hazel promised. Just give them a white berth. Percy and Frank didn't argue. As they trudged on, Percy thought about all the crazy places he'd seen. None of them had left him speechless like Alaska. He could see why it was a land beyond the gods. Everything here was rough and untamed. 
There were no rules, no prophecies, no destinies. Just a harsh wilderness and a bunch of animals and monsters. Mortals and demigods came here at their own risk. Percy wondered if this was what Gaia wanted. For the whole world to be like this. He wondered if that would be such a bad thing. Then he put the thought aside. Gaia wasn't a gentle goddess. Percy had heard what she'd planned to do. She wasn't like the Mother Earth you might read about in a children's fairy tale. She was vengeful and violent. If she ever woke up fully, she'd destroy human civilization. After another couple of hours, they stumbled across a tiny village between the railroad tracks and a two-lane road. The city limit sign said, Moose Pass. Standing next to the sign was an actual moose. For a second, Percy thought it might be some sort of statue for advertising. Then the animal bounded into the woods. They passed a couple of houses, a post office, and some trailers. Everything was dark and closed up. On the other end of town was a store with a picnic table and an old rusted petrol pump in front. The store had a hand-painted sign that said, Moose Pass Gas. That's just wrong, Frank said. By silent agreement, they collapsed around the picnic table. Percy's feet felt like blocks of ice. Very sore blocks of ice. Hazel put her head in her hands and passed out, snoring. Frank took out his last sodas and some granola bars from the train ride and shared them with Percy. They ate in silence, watching the stars, until Frank said, Did you mean what you said earlier? Percy looked across the table. About what? In the starlight, Frank's face might have been alabaster, like an old Roman statue. About being proud that we're related. Percy tapped his granola bar on the side on the table. Well, let's see. You single-handedly took out three basilisks while I was sipping green tea and weed germ. Uh, you held off an army of Lastragonians so that our plane could take off in Vancouver. You saved my life by shooting down that griffin, and you gave up the last charge of your magic spear to help some defenseless mortals. You are, hands down, the nicest child of the war god I've ever met. Maybe the only nice one. So what do you think? Frank stared up at the northern lights, still cooking across the stars on low heat. It's just... I was supposed to be in charge of this quest, the centurion and all. I feel like you guys have had to carry me. Not true, Percy said. I'm supposed to have these powers I haven't figured out how to use, Frank said bitterly. Now I don't have a spear and I'm almost out of arrows and I'm scared. I'd be worried if you weren't scared, Percy said. We're all scared. But the Feast of Fortuna is... Frank thought about it. It's after midnight, isn't it? That means it's June 24th now. The feast starts tonight at sundown. We have to find our way at Hubbard to Hubbard Glacier, defeat a giant who is undefeatable in his home territory, and get back to Camp Jupiter before they're overrun. All in less than 18 hours. And when we free Thanatos, Percy said, you might claim your, claim your life and Hazel's. Believe me, I've been thinking about it. Frank gazed at Hazel, still snoring lightly. Her face was buried under a mass of curly brown hair. She's my best friend, Frank said. I lost my mom, my grandmother. I can't lose her too. Percy thought about his old life. 
his mom in New York, Camp Half-Blood, Annabeth. He lost all of that for eight months. Even now, with the memories coming back, he'd never been this far away from home before. He'd been to the underworld and back. He'd faced do- death dozens of times, but sitting at this picnic table, thousands of miles away, beyond the power of Olympus, he'd never been so alone. Except for Hazel and Frank. I'm not going to lose either of you, he promised. I'm not going to let that happen. And Frank, you are a leader. Hazel would say the same thing. We need you. Frank lowered his head. He seemed lost in thought. Finally, he leaned forward until his head bumped the picnic table. He started to snore in harmony with Hazel. Percy sighed. Another inspiring speech from Jackson, he said to himself. Rest up, Frank. Big day ahead. At dawn, the store opened up. The owner was a little surprised to find three teenagers crashed out on his picnic table, but when Percy explained that they had stumbled away from last night's train wreck, the guy felt sorry for them and treated them to breakfast. He called a friend of his, an Inuit native who had a cabin close to Seward. Soon, they were rumbling rumbling along the road in a beat-up Ford pickup that had been new about the time Hazel was born. Hazel and Frank sat in back. Percy rode up front with the leathery old man who smelled like smoked salmon. He told Percy stories about Bear and Raven, the Inuit gods, and all Percy could think of that was that he hoped he didn't meet them. He had enough enemies already. The truck broke down a few miles outside Seward. The driver didn't seem surprised as though this happened to him several times a day. He said they could wait for him to fix the engine, but since Seward was only a few miles away, they decided to walk it. By mid-morning, they climbed over a rise in, uh, in the road and saw a small bay ringed with mountains. The town was a thin crescent on the right-hand shore, with wharves extending into the water and a cruise ship in the harbor. Percy shuddered. He'd had bad experiences with cruise ships. Seward, Hazel said. She didn't sound happy to see her old home. They'd already lost a lot of time, and Percy didn't like how fast the sun was rising. The road curved around the hillside, but it looked like they could get down, get to, get to town faster going straight across the meadows. Percy stepped off the road. Come on. The ground, the ground was squishy, but he didn't think much about it until Hazel shouted, Percy, no! His next step went straight through the ground. He sank like a stone until the earth closed over his head. And the earth swallowed him. And that's the end of chapter 40. Well, that was certainly a very fascinating chapter. Um, Yeah, I think drinking, I believe, yeah, the Gorgon's blood, that definitely was able to speed up the memory recall faster than before. Because if we remember, or if we think about it in uh, the previous book, when it was about Jason... Uh, Piper and Leo, Jason took way much longer to recall his memories compared to Percy. And that probably can mostly be attributed to the Gorgon's uh, blood. And that probably helped him get, you know, his memories like exponentially faster than compared to Jason, which is probably going to help Percy, you know, be able to bring get the prophecy to come true because he's already basically figured out why exactly he was put in camp jupiter 
And hopefully, with that understanding of why he was put there, he's probably, hopefully he'll take some action on it and he'll actually be able to bring the two camps together. Um, But now back to this current chapter. Uh, We'll have to see how, what exactly is going to happen to Percy as he's being swallowed by Gaia. Uh, will Percy and Gaia have a conversation with each other? Is Gaia going to try to demoralize Percy by telling him that he's going to fail and his friends won't be able to help him? We'll have to see. Uh, after the break, we'll read chapter 41 to see how exactly this entire rescue mission uh, goes of saving Percy and what happens to Percy while he's stuck in Mother Gaia limbo. So after the break, we'll read chapter 41. See you then. And we're back from the ads. And now we're going to read chapter 41. Hazel. Your bow! Hazel shouted. Frank didn't ask questions. He dropped his pack and slipped the bow off his shoulder. Hazel's heart raced. She hadn't thought about this boggy soil. Muskeg. Since before she had died. Not too late, she remembered the dire warnings the locals had given her. Marshy slit, silt, and decomposed plants made a surface that looked completely solid, but it was even worse than quicksand. It could be 20 feet deep or more, and impossible to escape. She tried not to think what would happen if it were deeper than the length of the bow. Hold one end, she told Frank. Don't let go. She grabbed the other end, took a deep breath, and jumped into the bog. The earth closed over her head. Instantly, she was frozen in a memory. Not now, she wanted to scream. Ella said I was done with blackouts. Oh, but my dear, said the voice of Gaia. This is not one of your blackouts. This is a gift from me. Hazel was back in New Orleans. She and her mother sat in the park near near their apartment, having a picnic breakfast. She remembered this day. She was seven years old. Her mother had just sold Hazel's first precious stone, a small diamond. Neither of them had yet realized Hazel's curse. Queen Marie was in an excellent mood. She had bought orange juice for Hazel and champagne for herself, and beignets sprinkled with chocolate and powdered sugar. She'd even bought Hazel a new box of crayons and a pad of paper. They sat together, Queen Marie humming cheerfully while Hazel drew pictures. The French Quarter woke up around them, ready for Mardi Gras. Jazz bands practiced. Floats were being decorated with fresh-cut flowers. Children laughed and chased each other, decked in so many colored necklaces they could barely walk. The sunrise turned the sky to red gold, and the warm, steamy air smelled of magnolias and roses. It had been the happiest morning of Hazel's life. You could stay here, her mother smiled, but... Her eyes were blank white. The voice was Gaia's. This is fake, Hazel said. She tried to get up, but the soft bed of grass made her lazy and sleepy. The smell of baked bread and melting chocolate was intoxicating. It was the morning of Mardi Gras, and the world seemed full of possibilities. Hazel could almost believe she had a bright future. What is real? asked Gaia, speaking through her mother's face. Is your second life real, Hazel? You're supposed to be dead. Is it real that you're sinking into a bog, suffocating? Let me help my friend, 
Hazel tried to force herself back to reality. She could imagine her hand clenched on the end of the bow, but even that was starting to feel fuzzy. Her grip was loosening, the smell of magnolias and roses was overpowering. Her mother offered her a beignet. No, Hazel thought. This isn't my mother. This is Gaia tricking me. You want your old life back, Gaia said. I can give you that. This moment can last for years. You can grow up in New Orleans and your mother will adore you. You will never have to deal with the burden of your curse. You can be with Sammy. It's an illusion, Hazel said, choking on the sweet scent of flowers. You are an illusion, Hazel Levesque. You were only brought back to life because the gods have a task for you. I may have used you, but Nico used you and lied about it. You should be glad I captured him. Captured? A feeling of panic rose in Kegel's chest. What do you mean? Gaia smiled, sipping her champagne. The boy should have known better than to search for the doors. But no matter. It's not really your concern. Once you release Thanatos, you'll be thrown back into the underworld to rot forever. Frank and Percy won't stop that from happening. Would real friends ask you to give up your life? Tell me who is lying and tell who tells you the truth. Hazel started to cry. Bitterness welled up inside her. She lost her life once. She didn't want to die again. That's right, Gab heard. You were destined to marry Sammy. Do you know what happened to him after you died in Alaska? He grew up and moved to Texas. He married and had a family, but he never forgot you. He always wondered why you disappeared. He's dead now heart attack in the 96s. The life you could have had together always haunted him. Stop it! Hazel screamed. You took that from me! And you can have it again! Gaia said. I'll have you in my embrace, Hazel. You'll die anyway. If you give up, at least I can make it pleasant for you. Forget saving Percy Jackson. He belongs to me. I'll keep him safe in the earth until I'm ready to use him. You can have an entire life in your final moments. You can grow up, marry Sammy. All you have to do is let go. Hazel tightened her grip on the bow. Below her, something grabbed her ankles, but she didn't panic. She knew it was Percy, suffocating, desperately grasping for a chance at life. Hazel glared at the goddess. I'll never cooperate with you. Let. Us. Go! Her mother's face dissolved. The New Orleans morning melted into darkness. Hazel was drowning in mud, one hand on the bow, Percy's hands around her ankles deep in the darkness. Hazel wiggled the end of the bow frantically. Frank pulled her up with such force it nearly popped her arm out of the socket. When she opened her eyes, she was lying in the grass, covered in muck. Percy sprawled at her feet, coughing and spitting mud. Frank hovered over them, yelling, Oh gods, oh gods, oh gods! He yanked some extra clothes from his bag and started toweling off Hazel's face, but it didn't do much good. He dragged Percy farther from the muskeg. You were down there so long, Frank cried. I didn't think, oh God, don't you ever do something like that again. He wrapped Hazel in a bear hug. Can't breathe, she choked out. Sorry. Frank went back to toweling and fussing over them. Finally, he got to the to the side. He got them to the side of the road where they sat and shivered and spit up mud clods. Hazel's couldn't. Hazel couldn't feel her hands. 
she wasn't sure if she was in cold or in shock, but she agreed to explain about the muskeg and the vision she'd seen while she was under. Not the part about Sammy that was still too painful to say out loud, but she told him about Gaia's offer of a fake life and the goddess claim, goddess's claim that she'd captured her brother, Nico. Hazel didn't want to keep that to herself. She was afraid the despair would overwhelm her. Percy rubbed his shoulders. His lips were blue. You, you saved me, Hazel. We'll figure out what happened to Nico. I promise. Hazel squinted at the sun, which was now high in the sky. The warmth felt good, but it didn't stop her trembling. Does it seem like Gaia let us go too easily? Percy plucked a mud clod from his hair. Maybe she still wants us as pawns. Maybe she was just saying things to mess with your head. She knew what to say, Hazel agreed. She knew how to get to me. Frank put his jacket around her shoulders. This is a real life. You know that, right? We're not going to let you die again. He sounded so determined. Hazel didn't want to argue, but she didn't see how Frank could stop death. She pressed her coat pocket where Frank's half-burned firewood was still securely wrapped. She wondered what would have happened to him if she'd sunk in the mud forever. Maybe that would have saved him. Fire couldn't have gone to the wood down there. She would have made any sacrifice to keep Frank safe. Perhaps she hadn't always felt that strongly, but Frank had trusted her with his life. He believed in her. She couldn't bear the thought of any harm coming to him. She glanced at the rising sun. Time was running out. She thought about Hilla, the Amazon queen back in Seattle. Hilla would have dueled Atrera two nights in a row by now, assuming she had survived. She was counting on Hazel to release death. She managed to stand. The wind coming off Resurrection Bay was just as cold as she remembered. We should get going. We're losing time. Percy gazed down the road. His lips were returning to their normal color. Any hotels or something where we could clean off? I mean, hotels that accept mud people? I'm not sure, Hazel admitted. She looked at the town below and couldn't believe how much it had grown since 1942. The main harbor had moved east as the town had expanded. Most of the buildings were new to her, but the grid of downtown streets seemed familiar. She thought she recognized some warehouses along the shore. I might know a place where we can freshen up. And that's the end of chapter 41. Wow, what a chapter. That was amazing. Uh, that was definitely interesting. And as we could tell, there was definitely some conversations going on. But surprisingly, it wasn't between Percy and Gaia. It was actually between Hazel and Gaia. And it seemed that maybe Gaia was, you know, well, it didn't seem. Gaia was definitely trying to get into Hazel's mind. But I hope that didn't get to Hazel that much, and I hope it didn't shake her up too much, that she's still able to fight through this. Because, you know, at the end of the day, Gaia's probably, Gaia was just trying to intimidate her, you know, trying to throw her off tracks. But hopefully with Percy and Frank's support, she'll be able to get back on track and just forget everything that Gaia said. And possibly all of those clips uh, that Gaia had shown her. So... Shortly, will you guys? Well, in, in shortly, uh, in a short time, we guys, you guys will also will also get to see what happens to the trio as they, you know, after they wash up and everything. Where, how are they going to find death? 
Will Hazel, this is the true question, will Hazel have to return to the underworld? We're going to have to see. So hopefully when we read chapters 42 and 43, we'll get some answers. And until then, stay safe, stay out of boredom.